surface. People up there, they get me nervous. Alrighty, it's time for another Root Issues Podcast. And I'm Chris, and I'm here in the booth today with Luke. Hello. And Mr. Pastor Steve Woodrow. Hello. Alyssa is on her way, or already in the great state of Texas, the promised land, birthplace <laughs> of the Dr. Pepper, and many other wonderful things. <laughs> I myself will be heading there. For all of you who don't understand, it is spring break in the Roaring Fork Valley. And the kids are out of school, and my kids were already, like, tearing up the house as I'm, like, scrambling to get everything done. And they're like, we're bored. I'm like, continue beating each other. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, it's crazy. It's spring break time, but it's, like, 18 degrees outside and snowing. I had a and great so, ski day today. It was like, it was I amazing. bet you had a good ski day. Is that why you wanted, like, <laughs> yeah, hey, can we like, postpone? Can we get 30 minutes, please? <laughs> can we get 30 more minutes? I know. I drove Samuel to Snowmass, and the Suburban needs new back tires. Bad. Like, I only had it in auto four-wheel drive. I should have had it in four-wheel drive because, man, there were a couple of the hills. I didn't think we were going to get up. (laughs) It was slipping. And it was like white knuckle. So, anywho, well, we are still jumping into Steve's awesome series here. And today, as we jump into 2 Corinthians 6, 14, and then chapter 7 and verse 1, all the way through, we're going to be looking at pursuing holiness. The title of it is A Heart Pursuing Holiness. And so we're going to be talking about probably one of the most not talked about items in the church today. And what does it mean to pursue holiness? And like, what is your pursuit? I mean, I think so many people are like, oh, I'm in discipleship and I've got this Bible study and I've got that Bible study and I'm just working on my relationship with God, but yet they miss this whole attribute of what does it mean to be holy? So we're just going to kick it around. Like, what are your top words from the message, Luke? Oh, top words. Yeah, top words. Um, let's see. Well, I think just, uh, I think idols is one, mm-hmm. because I think that's one that blocks us from holiness most yep. of the time. And then we got hope, um, and then obviously holiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think those all kind of connect because, you know, yeah, we there's the pursuit to be holy, but then there's also the side of, there's never, we can't be, in our own way, we can't be perfectly holy. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. the hope and the, the loving and knowing that there is Jesus that makes that possible for us. So. Yeah. And I mean, and we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. Just, you know, what does it mean to pursue holiness? My words would be, we're definitely going to talk about these because it's the three C's that Steve brought in. And I just really just had to think about them a lot. And then ask myself, as a youth pastor, where am I informing students this model? And where myself in my life am I? And so those three words in conviction, confession, and communion. And we're going to kind of dive in and break those down a little bit more. What do you think, Steve? What are some of your big words from your message? Yeah, I think just the, the big one is holiness, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll just leave it at that because mm-hmm. it's so um, avoided, shall we say, I think as we were talking earlier, right? There's the proof of the Gospels, the proof of the Word of God. If there's anything that proves man is depraved, right, is that we do not pursue holiness, yeah. right? We we are so bound up with self and uh, pleasing self, and it's crept into the church that the church forgets the primary thing that God calls us to, right? He says in first, well, from Leviticus, all the way from the Old Testament and the New Testament, yep. is I've called you to be holy. I'm mm-hmm. holy, and, and I've called you to be holy. Uh, people say, what's God's will for my life? Well, <laughs> it's his first Thessalonians 5, I mean, 4, over and over again, it is his yep. will that we would be sanctified. 
sanctified, that we'd be holy as mm-hmm. he is, and that we would be consumed by pleasing God over ourself or, yeah. or mankind. Uh, and that's straightforward, but it's amazing. We get so sidetracked in the church, yeah. absorbs the world today. And that's, I think, our real problem, right? One of our major problems mm-hmm. today is reorienting ourselves towards, man, this this deep work of really, uh, am I pursuing holiness? Is my yeah. heart there desiring to please God more than self? Yeah. When we are just inundated with everything in our cultures is just trying to build up self and, um, you know, moving us away. And yeah. that creeps into the church. Uh, Absolutely. I think, yeah, holiness, <clears throat> I think it's, you know, obviously the word is used a lot in the church, but it's usually only attributed to God, right? No yeah. one re- ever attributes it, well, we are today, but like yeah. people are, are are fearful of attributing holy to themselves because that means, because when they think of themselves, they're like, well, I'm, I'm not holy and like I don't really want to be holy because yeah. that's a lot of, you know, it's almost a responsibility in a sense in how you live your life. And it just brings in this fear because maybe a fear of change or mm-hmm. it could be different things for a lot of people, but it's a it's a scary it's a big word so i mean it is a big word but i mean like in scripture through christ and through his atonement i am holy Mm -hmm. but i think the qualifying thing here is am i pursuing holiness am i looking to rid myself of everything that is destructive everything that seeks to destroy me to only pursue god well i think that's where the fear comes in they understand that they're clean before god but then going beyond that yeah and being like okay if i really do believe that how does my life reflect that yeah totally because that's where yeah. it keeps going yeah and it's interesting isn't it that uh, the the over and over again how the the writers of the new testament they when they write to the church they they, they address everyone as saints which mm-hmm. is what yep, means totally. agios which means holy ones yeah. right uh, so our very identity that the new the early church saw themselves was wow because of christ um Death on the cross is resurrection because of the giving forth of the Holy Spirit. That our bodies, our entire life was purchased by the precious blood of Christ. And that we, you know, have the spirit within us. We're the temple of the living yeah. God that we are to be seen as saints, as holy ones. And you just don't see that. But no. again, because our culture is so, we've backed off so much from anything that smells as judgment or me better yeah. than you or any of this kind of stuff. So we don't even really press into that. No one talks about, you know, the saints gathering mm-hmm. to or what that is, how God sees us. And he, uh, we see Paul especially calling the church saints because he's keeping our identity before us so we know what we are to become. Mm-hmm. And that's our primary focus is to be holy ones because yeah. God is holy and we can't have communion right with him unless, as Hebrews 12 says, no one will see God without holiness. Yeah. Now, that's a pretty straightforward you know, thing. And Hebrews 12 also says that God is our father. He loves us. And a loving father disciplines his children. Right? Yeah. A father that doesn't discipline his children doesn't love his children. But our heavenly father disciplines us for the reason that we would share in his holiness mm-hmm. is that without discipline, without right. That, that moving us to, to, uh, to trials and things that, uh, make us wrestle with this life and, and evaluate our lives, we come under conviction of the yeah. idols that need to be removed, all those things. Um, we cannot share in this holiness and become, yeah. right, what he, uh, what he's created us to be. I mean, when you think about it too, it's like our culture today 
you know, holiness or living pure has a stigma on it because it does separate you. But then again, we can get into that we're supposed to be separated. We're supposed to be set apart in this world. And so then it just even becomes harder, I think, for someone to pursue holiness. They have to come to terms with my highest goal and my highest aspiration in life is to draw closer to God, not to be seen in the culture as famous, not to be seen as somebody who's done great things, but just to say, I am a person who spent my life pursuing to fall more and more in love with God. And anything that separated that love from me had to go. And so I think our culture today really just is driving the identity aspect is, and it's so, you know, as we've been talking about, the self-made. Right. So I have a question for both yeah. of you. Uh, obviously, this Sunday we were looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse yep. 14, through the verse seven. Uh, uh, verse 1 of chapter 7. Yep. Right? And in there, you know, Paul just get, you know really hits the church hard, right? And says, don't be unequally yoked yep. um, uh, to unbelievers. Uh, uh, you know, and he goes through these six things, right? Um, you're the temple living God. You, what, what does idols have to do with the living God? And then he quotes the Old Testament and saying, you've been set apart. You, you've yep. been called to God to be set apart as holy unto him. And, uh, and then he ends that with verse 1 and 7. You're mm-hmm. basically saying, uh, because of these great promises, right, is that we should cleanse, right, our our body and our spirits of every form of defilement uh, of those things um, out of the fear of God, right, mm-hmm. um, in, in pursuit of, of everything that he has for us. Um, the, he says that holiness would come to completion, right? Yeah. In other words, that's God's goal for us is to yeah. be right like him so my question for you in light of that whole thing is this uh, whole conversation has been going on <clears throat> this critique this deconstruction yeah. of the purity culture yeah so back in our day you know there was the high school ministry was you know get yeah. the purity ring i'm setting myself apart for god to be holy mm-hmm. and now right we have because of the pressure of culture and everything we have this radical everybody's you know jumping on the bandwagon of criticizing the books that came out criticizing yeah. the whole idea of of that how could you how could you so i'm just curious what uh, how does how do you see that where we're at today with the quote purity culture maybe what went what was maybe not done well in the past yeah. where we're at today and how are we going to call not just young people everybody right to uh, holiness yeah. yeah i mean so I think the biggest problem is there is this bandwagon and that a lot of people have hopped onto, especially in the younger generation. And there's this, I think there's a fear more than ever, or I don't know more than ever, but more than, you know, a few hundred years past of being different from other people, Mm -hmm. being canceled, being, and now it's so amplified with social media, with the internet. If someone, if you say something, everyone sees it. It's not just one person that sees it and understands that it's everybody. And so if you are different, it's going to be known. And so it's a lot scarier maybe than it used to be. So I think that might be a thing where people are just scared to be different. Yeah. And there's also a fear of if I am different, no one's going to listen to me, Yeah. which is a lie because <laughs> I think people see more value and see something different when you are different. Right. Mm-hmm. So in a way you can't even really share the gospel if you aren't different, because if you're just living like they are, there's nothing to be, there's no change. There's no new creation. So, yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going here with this, but I think it's just fear of being different has been heightened. And so I think now more than ever, it's more valuable to be different because there is less people that are different and people that are different are looked up to. We see this so much with like people like Andrew Tate and just people that have different views that we don't necessarily fully agree with, but 
you'd think they'd automatically be thrown out by this culture, but yeah. no, people look at it and like, that's what I've been listening. That's what I've been wanting. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's an, there's an opportunity here, I think, but it, yeah. there's also, it's scary and there's persecution for sure. But yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for me, having been a youth pastor now for like 20 years, you know, like I was in the tail end of the purity rings and the purity conferences and how to set yourself apart. And I think those were driven by so much hype and they came at such a heavy cost in the sense that, you know, maybe a child or high school student goes and gets their faith ring and then, you know, temptations creep in and those things fall apart and then they don't stay with what they committed to because it was the big ask, like, you got to commit, you got to step up. But then I think the networking was lost in accountability. There wasn't the support and there wasn't the grace to receive somebody back in who maybe went to the conference with a youth pastor, made a profession like I'm going to stay pure and then didn't stay pure. And so then that feeds into the deconstruction. And so when you look at like what you're talking about, like this deconstruction of our faith and deconstruction of purity and holiness, the people who are leading those movements are the people who were scarred from the way the movement ran. And I mean, when we look at it like right now, like within our middle school youth group, we are calling them to the challenge that there is something more that their life is to be lived for. Because, you know, I mean, <laughs> I told Luke the other day, like, you just want to grab them sometimes in the middle of youth group and go like, do you not know that you will be held accountable and stand before your Lord one day? <laughs> you know, but then it's like, okay, how do I encourage them to run to God? How do I encourage them to say, I want my life to be lived for something bigger? And that bigger thing may not be seen as bigger in our culture, it may not even be recognized or noticed in our culture. Sure. But it's being praised in the heavens. Why do y'all think that it, it is so hard to present holiness as better, as something worthy of a challenge to go after? Why, why is that just such a difficult thing today? I think because everyone wants to do what they want to do. And it's probably been like that for <laughs> forever. Forever, yeah. That's Adam and Eve, right? What they did, they wanted to do what they don't do, not God's will for their life. Um, and now more than ever, I think you know, people used to kind of look down on doing certain things and now they're praised. So now even the things that your heart desires that, you know, maybe it's a good, a point. few years yeah. ago, that would be bad. Now are good things. Now go pursue that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, go follow your heart is such a big message these days. Um, and do, do whatever your heart wants to do. Mm -hmm. And unless your heart is holy, unless it's been changed by Jesus, that's, I mean, that's a disservice to your, I mean, you following your heart without it being holy is you following the world essentially. Yeah. And so it leads to a lot of pain. And I think the sad reality is, I think a lot of people, I've seen this in some of my friends, like they have to go through life and just try everything and just till they finally realize that none of those things are going to work. Yeah. And so it's, it's a long, hard road and the easy way is definitely, I'm, I, I think I'm blessed that I got to take the easy way and I'm really thankful yeah. for that. But yeah. yeah, you would think we would learn. Yeah. You know, it just, again, it proves the truth of the Bible that we are, <clears throat> We are depraved, right? Yeah. We, we, uh, uh, because you would think that with whatever, throw the issue out there, whatever idol, whatever yeah. partying, whatever vice is out there, you would think that people would look at that, right? And, mm -hmm. and let's just take high school experience. You yeah. would think people would look at that and say, wow, that just didn't go well. Matter yeah. of fact, it never goes well if you keep giving yourself to those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and boy, but there is no, there's just the continued, you know, there is no other, 
movement, right? Yeah. And now that's when revival hits. A revival yeah. genuinely is an awakening of holiness. That's what we yeah. long for. We hope for. That's the, mm-hmm. the hopeful message here is that hopefully we're in a time that that's going to arise. But it starts with the church, right? Yeah. It has to begin with God's people, right? Seeing that. But, um, you know, somebody says, well, how, how do I pursue holiness? So it, just real quick, I think what we tried to throw out three words on Sunday, and then I want to yeah. get y'all's feedback on and how, what does that look like practically, right? Um, for me, uh, these three words, it starts with conviction. And we ju- again, we don't talk about that too much because that's yeah. judgmental or whatever. But I, if I'm not, I know my own life, if I am not submitted to the word of God and other voices, right, to be convicted, if I'm not yeah. open to rebuke, correction, um, submission to authority, uh, then I'm I'm just living. Then self is just taking over right yep. in my life. So conviction of the Holy Spirit. Remember, and Jesus said in John 16 that the Spirit is coming now to bring conviction of sin into the world, and because mm-hmm. He's gone up to be with the Father. Uh, and that begins with just learning, leaning in with a desire to please God. It's really, yeah. it's that's the essence of it. Do I desire to please God? If I do, then I have to submit to His Word and have it correct me. Mm-hmm. And and that and there's two pieces there. One, yeah. correct me on the things I'm doing. I need to stop and repent of. And two, correct me on the things I'm not doing that I yeah. need to be doing. And this is just this growth of a child depending on God and His Word, right? So it starts with the Word of God. If I can't have those two things, if mm-hmm. I'm not, and again, this is back to what we said about the purity culture. The problem again, like yeah. every movement, is the lack of discipleship. Yeah, we can rally people, we can call people, but if no one's going to walk with us, mm-hmm. then guess what? We're going to like the prodigal. We're going to yeah. veer off. And, uh, and some people veer off even in the midst of discipleship, but that's the context. We have to have people to walk with us, right? And to teach us how to do this, how to be convicted and, and start listening to the word of God that way. Yeah. Um, and so do we have a heart like David, right? Mm-hmm. Lord, search my heart, right? We really have to get honest with our heart. That's why this thing is, you know, pursuing, um, uh, a heart, right, for holiness, yeah. which is, man, do I want to really please God? And I have to wrestle with that because, you know what, yeah. some people don't, and mm-hmm. sometimes I don't. And and uh, and that's kind of the beginning conviction thing. And if yeah. I don't, and this is what I'd say to people, if I don't, this is where so many Christians are at, right? kind of numb, kind of stuck, mm-hmm. not feeling anything, not, yeah. you know. Um, I can tell you how many people I, I talk to are in that mode. Like, I haven't heard from him, blah, blah, blah. Well, there has to be an awakening, and that begins with conviction. Mm-hmm. And then it just says, Lord, convict me. Yeah. Awaken me. Show me where I'm stuck. Show me where I, what I have to do right, to get right with you. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning place. And then that moves me into the practical aspect of confessing, repenting, agreeing with God on that, whether it's something I, I need to stop doing or whether it's something I need to start doing. And uh, then that confession moves on the horizontal to uh, where it's applicable, right, where I confess to my brothers, you know, uh, and ideally that's discipleship, right? Um, and, uh, and that's just being honest with my heart, right, with one another. We all have to have that. And then those two things are, are essential for communion. If I'm going to have mm-hmm. communion and go deep and abiding to that relationship where I experience the goodness of God, uh, I have to have those. Yeah. You cannot, no one can know Jesus intimately and walk with him without conviction and yeah. confession. Um, and so those are just maybe three C's that kind of will help us kind of track this and go a little deeper. But yeah. I throw it back to you all. Um, what does this look like, right, in your life? 
and what has helped you in the process of getting on track, of getting and listening and, and being convicted, right, by the Holy Spirit and yeah. the Word of God? I think a big thing for conviction is understanding the reality of things is a big thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> without understanding, like, okay, well, is there a God? Okay, there is. Who <laughs> yeah. is that God? You know, there's not anything to be convicted of. Yeah. Um, so that's a big step. When someone realizes that there is something there that, you know, is is there that <laughs> created them. Um, and then from there, getting to know that creator, right? That's a big thing. And that's where confession comes in because when you do know that creator, it is a journey of, you know, confessing that, you know, we aren't enough. Um, and in my life, you know, that's, I think one of the bigger things, like I still, you know, we always confess. And I think one of the hardest things has been, you know, giving up certain things in my life and giving those to God and being like, here, this isn't mine anymore. You take care of this. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's dumb because we like, we give things to God and amazing things happen, but we're still scared to give other things to him. Yeah. And it's just, totally. mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's the flesh and it's confusing, but, mm. um, and then once you give, once you give up, you know, your heart, when, once you, you know, are willing to become holy and you are in, it, in that community, um, I think communion, I love what you said. It's like overflowing with joy. Mm. It's like you get to this point where you have a relationship with the creator and there's nothing to be afraid of and you have a mission and so, I mean, there's not, there's that joy. It's yeah, like, and yeah. It, later on in chapter 7, Paul says, even in the, he says, in the midst of all my afflictions, and right earlier yeah. in chapter 6, we read this mm-hmm. this spiritual resume of Paul, which was, right, just, <laughs> you know, beatings, all this stuff. He says, even in the midst of the worst of the worst, is that he was overflowing with joy. Yeah. yeah. Right, is that the only way someone can truly have that is if they've entered into proper communion, right, mm-hmm. with God. On the confession side, um, how, do, how, how would that look like, do you think, in like a, you know, perfect scenario is that just, you know, community meeting with brothers and like talking through it or like, how does that? that is, I, th- I think it's a great question because obviously the Catholic church is, you know, you yeah. show up at the booth and you, you, know, yeah. you confess to the, to the priest. Well, we don't, I mean, the, 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 uh, the motive behind that was right because we're commanded to confess our sins to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, again, like so many things that man does, the structure is not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the structure of confession is, it should be the first, it should be my confession with the Lord. It should be on a daily basis, right? That should be something that we live in. Lord, yeah. Father, sorry, what I thought that or whatever. And, and get free of it from it under the gospel real quick. Yeah. Other thing, depending upon the, the level of, 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 of the sin I need to repent of, if it's, I've done something to someone, then I obviously have to confess yeah. before God and then go and ask forgiveness, right? Um, if I'm, we all should be in discipleship, right, to the point where we are, where we're open books, open hearted, yeah. right? And, and, uh, you know, what, whatever the struggle, the fleshly struggle is, I need to confess that. Mm-hmm. If, what I've known in my own life is that, uh, the when I for sure have to confess it to my brother. Number obviously, if we sin against somebody, that you have yes. to bring that. But I have to bring confession to others, not just God. When I can't break through, mm-hmm. right? So hey, let's just throw it out, right? What is the the percentages of porn addiction are yeah. ridiculous, even inside the church? Just yeah. show us we got a a problem on this, right? If I can't break that habit, if if I keep going yep. to that, it's time to it's time to bring confession to other, bring out. other brothers into this battle to pray yeah. and to hold me accountable. And here's the breakdown. This is why you know is you no one will ever. This is where the enemy has victory. Is that if I'm dealing, it could be a thought process, it could be, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. But when I can't get free with me and the Lord, right? then I have to bring, this is the joy, this is the brotherhood, right, yeah. of, of faith in women and women, right, as well. Yep, yep. Um, 
so we could go on and on. But does that kind of make yeah, sense? sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's part of the battle. You yeah. bring, I mean, I could give oh, illustration after illustration. Parenting, wow. Yeah. You know, we, we run into a battle with the, the kids. Man, it's time to bring others to pray. We need a, a force praying. Mm-hmm. We need more counsel in this. And um, and we need to confess when we've, you know, obviously not done something right. Yeah. And so. I think confessing is one of the most powerful ways to grow. Like, I mean, I think back on youth groups we've had yeah. or like, you know, just a body of people sitting together. And when someone confesses, you know, something mm-hmm. they're going through and someone's like, oh, I go through that too. It's so encouraging and it, you know, builds it, it up opens the body a door. It opens a portal way. to heaven in many yeah. ways, right? It, and, and it, it kind of spreads. Right? People, wow, this is a safe place. I need to, and it's, there's such freedom, right? Mm-hmm. When we just get free from that, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's in my own life. When it's something that's just nagging on me, I can't break loose from it. Oh, I don't want to let anybody else know, right? But that's when it's time to like, bring yeah. others in. When you talk about worship without holiness is hypocrisy, mm. I mean that's quite a <laughs> quite a statement. Yeah, I don't know if anyone would break that down because it. I was going to go back to the three C's, you know, because yeah, y'all have been just chatting. Sorry, away. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris's yeah. turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll make it brief. Um, conviction, I consider that, and when I communicate that, I call it being called out. Right. You know. Because I try to break it down, especially for, like, middle school students, like, try not to make it so churchy. And so, like, being called out, like, being called out by God, being called out by my wife, my children even sometimes calling me out, you know, just being called out. And then confession, I I, I describe it this way, like, owning it, mm-hmm. you know, owning it and then dealing with it. And then, you know, you were saying, like, we should confess every day. Well, I'm like, I'm confessing every, like, ten minutes, <laughs> you know, because it's just constantly happening. And so I'm like, okay, dump that. Sorry, you know, ugh, I need to confess that. So owning it, you know, like going from being called out to being responsive to owning it, and then just knowing that last one, communion, because, man, if I said communion in the middle school, they would all be like the bread and the, cr- the, bread and the juice, the crackers and the juice. And I'm like, no, relationship. Like, just centering it down, like, my relationship with God. Strongest experience of confession I ever had was at a conference. That I was at a conference with, like, Steve, Derek, made, I mean, we, we had a whole crew, but they all left early. But my wife and I stayed for the end session of that conference. And the end session of that conference, you know, he knew that there were a bunch of church teams at the conference because it was a conference for church leadership. And so he had those church teams gather up and then confess grievances, confess hurt feelings, confess, you know, co-worker, you know, in the kingdom of God problems. Yeah, that's powerful. You know, and were but, all strangers? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, they were, they were confessing within their team, oh, so it had impact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all that was left was just you and... Just me and Elaine. <laughs> just me and Elaine. You know, and so I'm like, okay, this could be the time for a long bathroom break. <laughs> you know, we're just wandering around the halls, like, how long is that going to take, you know? But instead, you know, we just sat there quiet for a while, and then God just kind of prompted me, and I just started confessing things to her. Random you know, just things like, sorry, I was short with you the other day, or sorry this, you know, or sorry that I've led our family this way, you know, and then she began to confess. And so then it, it did, it just opened up into this open confession time where we just really, you know, gave it time and right to speak and own it. And as well as the grace to receive it from one another. Mm-hmm. And so it was super freeing. Like, I think we get into confession and we're like, oh man, but I think the biggest thing that the thief does is steals grace away from confection, confession yeah. or owning it. He steals the grace. Yeah. Absolutely. And then that's the freedom. But you won't get the freedom mm-hmm. 
without the owning it or the confession. That's awesome. Mm. Next term, you should just tell everyone instead of like meet and greet, just confess your sins. We should confess it. So that I mean, he's a church. Yeah. That's, actually, that's a great idea. That is a powerful <laughs> idea because I always like you just like get so torn in the meet and greet. Like, okay, I got to go to the tech booth, make sure everything's going okay. Yeah. One of the most powerful times for me was out of college as single yeah. adult, and it was you know the day of the happy hour, and you know it was, yeah. uh, the whole thing, and. And I was in a group of guys, um, and, uh, you know, it, he was calling out confession, you know, as mm-hmm. far as just lust and all, everything that goes yeah. with that, right? And, uh, and and I'll never forget, it. He, he just kept, every week it was Matthew 5, 8, mm-hmm. blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Yeah. Gentlemen, do you want to see God, or do you want to continue dabbling in your lust? Yeah. And just held us, right? Held it mm-hmm. right there. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Be honest. Because if you want, if you want, just continue to let your heart be impure, then this isn't the place for yeah. you, right? But if you really want to get down and really wrestle with this thing mm-hmm. and, and move towards seeing God, then this is the place yeah. for you. And it was like, whoa, you know, uh, and I'll never forget it because that brought confession, uh, confession, and it moved us right into a place of communion, right? Life change, yeah. like radical life change for many of these, these guys. And, an incredible sense of protection mm-hmm. from what the world would easily eat uh, eat us up with. Yeah, you totally. Know? So that's awesome. Should we answer that worship thing? Real Go quick? for it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, not, I'm going to asking the question. Yeah. Here, mm-hmm. But worship without holiness yep. is hypocrisy. Which so we we live right in a wor- in a in a worship has become a genre of music, right? Absolutely. There's some, there's some cool stuff about that, but you everybody ah oh, this worship you have people who flock here and there right to hear their favorite worship band. Um, look, all that's great. I have my favorite worship bands and songs, right? The problem is you have that coupled with entertainment, media, marketing, everything of the world, and you you have this rock concert feel, right? Uh, and that so often you see and people sense they talk about the presence of God when there's mm-hmm. no talk about the holiness of God. And so that's that statement in Scripture is, and you see in the Old Testament, hey, God said, like, their lips are praising me, but their heart is far from me. Yeah. Ouch. Well, uh, we are deep. We're so deep into that, right, in the sense of um, coming and, and mm-hmm. singing songs to God without any sense of, as we said earlier, a reverence and sense of, am I open to convey? Am I yeah. right with you, God, as I start to sing to you? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's uh, um, it's it's a whole really uh, re- you know, and you can't worship right if you haven't dealt with the idols in your yeah. life because I'm I'm really hypocrite. Hypo- you know, I'm actually worshiping these other idols yeah. Yeah. when I come and try to give God praise. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. No, I mean, I think about it like, you know, like just worship in itself is like entering the presence of God. It's like going into the holies of holies, you know, and then we just do it so recklessly, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and, and it is, it's kind of just the culture. Like we want community, so we want people gathering and talking, but yet are we doing them as a disservice in the sense of like, there'll be time for community once we've had the most important relational aspect today and that's with god and so yeah it is it's a hard play because you know every church has a foyer every church has a coffee house every church has you know some type of worship team now the church that i grew up in you know we only sang acapella there was no band there was no music and no coffee for sure. and no coffee no coffee no coffee <laughs> no food in the yeah, sanctuary no food in the sanctuary <laughs> And so, yeah, you know, but I would say like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't follow the ways of holiness, you know, for most of my 
early 20s life. But, I mean, it is. It's something to think about. Like, you know, what is the position of your heart when you come and gather with the body to worship God? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then how do you remove the distractions? Yeah. Because I think if enough people came in with that mentality, then it would start to change. And I think holiness, like, it's just people see it as, like, something to conquer, something to achieve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's a fast track to just being in the will of God. Yeah. Being in, being that in his presence. Yeah. Amazing. And it yeah. takes so many stresses and things of this world away. So that's good. I mean, that's a challenge. Like, you know, like if you're out there and you're saying like, wow, I just don't hear from God. I don't experience God. Well, then it might be a question of like, you know, have you put yourself under the, are you knocking? Yeah. Are you knocking? But have you really looked at like, are you living your life in a way of holiness mm-hmm. that is seeking God, yeah. not just waiting for him to show up? absolutely yeah. and the and the comfort in being ready right there's yeah. the whole like you know don't let your oil run out thing like that's yeah, a totally. thought yeah. to a lot of people but mm-hmm. when you got holiness i mean you're you're set yeah yeah i wouldn't say it's the one stop fix that's but true. you know yeah. but anyway it leads to most of the fixes all right well we hope you've enjoyed this root issues and that it was a midweek jolt for you if you ever need to reach out to us you can grab us at root issues at ccaspen.com thank you so much for tuning in and until next time have an awesome week Surface. People up there, they get me nervous